You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets just the smallest amount of knowledge that you could possibly imagine. Shrinking by the day. Pico, yeah. Pico knowledge. My name is Ken, and I'm here with Jeff and Neil in the studio, and Matt in D.C. What's up? Hey. Matt, are you passing any bills lately? Uh, he I is the like bill. The, yeah, Fives, no, tens, <laughs> just whatever the change is, right? Bills, Toms, Johns, I pass them all. I walk around quite a bit out here. I, I, th- I thought you would dress up as the bill from Schoolhouse Rock as a cosplay and sit on the steps. Is that not <laughs> yeah. accurate? That'd be pretty good. Um, I mean, it, it. I ask for money, I trick people into taking pictures with me, and then demand $10. Oh. Hey, you're like our politicians. Um, yeah. How are you doing, Ken? I'm all right. A little sleepy after this this long day, but yep. uh, we're gonna get through it. You were churning butter today. You were you had a scythe. You were I woke up at three thirty a.m. Butter into cream or whatever. I don't know how you make stuff. I think you churn the butter into cream. Yeah, other way. Or you churn you churn the, the <laughs> butter into cream. You churn the cream churn and the, the butter. Cream into butter. Yeah, right. I know what life is like in an Amish farm. You would. Your power went out the other day. That's true. You're, I, you're I did. Three minutes from having to make your own cream and I butter. I did. I, I grew a, a very quick neck beard and and uh, looked to scripture and started churning butter. And so that was only after two hours. <laughs> Just two hours. That's all it took. Um, well, uh, speaking of uh, Amish community, we have a community here at Triviality. Uh, maybe not the same type of community, but uh, we're we fun. We hope just as close-knit. Yeah, just hope as close-knit. We, we build houses and things like that. But uh, we have two members of our community here today that we're excited to um, get to know a little bit better uh, for the listeners at home. But uh, both of them have been on the show before, so um, everyone's been a little bit used to them already. We're going to start with our host today, coming to us all the way from Sydney, Australia, Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, Mark Sheehan. How are you, Mark? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, tell people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm an IT consultant from Sydney. Um, 
been uh, I just had two twin girls, which has been a, a oh, hell lovely. of a ride. Uh, they're four months old, um, Congrats. but that has been thank you, thank you. So, yes, I um I don't have any sleep, so I can understand why you were rushing out to get coffee earlier because I I've been uh, drinking it by the bucket load. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today, and you're going to be hosting today, but we need a competitor for today's game. And if you listened to last week's episode, uh, you heard uh, our next guest from Austin, Texas, a savage superstar on Patreon, Nate Lozier. Uh, He's been in our studio the entire time. We tied him up uh, and kept him here per (laughs) his contract that he signed in blood with us. So he's here another week, but he's going to be playing today. How are you, Nate? Help me. No, yeah, no, I'm good. Uh, Doing good. Uh, Yeah, happy to be here again, guys. Glad to have you back. Yeah, thank you. And uh, for anyone listening, uh, anything you'd like to uh, tell the folks at home? This uh, is like the second yeah, day when I you're on so. Jeopardy and you have to come up with a second fun right. fact. <laughs> you're, you're already out of your uh, great bits. Uh, yeah, I, I loved reading. Uh, I, I didn't officially read this in his book, but I read it on Reddit that he ended up making up a lot of those because he just ran out of fun facts to tell. Um, and I'll, I'm all out of fun facts already about my life, too. But yeah, uh, I live in Austin currently in uh florida visiting my parents but happy to be back and uh well and i I believe you were in what key largo right yeah i was in key largo before and now i'm a little bit further north visiting uh was visiting my girlfriend's parents now visiting my parents so second half of the trip and are you going to be visiting kokomo at all no no (laughs) although i did try i did make the uh key largo montego joke and uh Everyone did that sympathy laugh like they'd heard it a million they times. Don't, they, don't, they don't like it there. <laughs> they huh? don't like it. Yeah. All right. Well, not a fan. Uh, well, I think Although they shouldn't live in Key Largo. Though. That's true. Yeah, if you don't want the joke, don't live there, right? It's really weird though, because right. I always thought everybody lived in the Keys was like a like a Jimmy Buffett, hang loose, like no worries kind of person. I will so. say, anytime you're we go to like a foreign country or like a really far off place, you say you're from Chicago, and it's either oh Michael Jordan or Al Capone, boom boom. That's all we get. So. <laughs> That's all you got. Um, well, uh, Matt, you're going to be partnering uh, with Nate today. Any ideas on a, uh, a fun team name, or do you want to do anything just very classic for today? Um, you know, he was just in Key Largo. Why don't we be uh, Key Party Largo? Key Party work? Largo. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it worked. Key Party Largo, uh, the uh, Florida's uh, three-star uh, private limousine service. All right, and uh, Jeff, uh, we're both fans of footy. Uh, I'm a Pies fan. You're a Blues fan. Uh, what would you like to name ourselves with that information? Blueberry Pie. Ooh, the Blueberry Pies. I like it. Well, we have our teams. Uh, looks like we need the rules. Let's toss it to Rules Guy. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Mark, how was the uh, Australian accent from the rules read today? Uh, he absolutely nailed it. Uh, you know, a little bit too much emphasis on the good day, but uh, it was fair dinkum. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, uh, we're ready to play. Ken, you're going to score key for us today? Yes, sir. All right. Beautiful. Thank you, guys. Well, let's get started with question one. Um, just to let you know, every question has a title. Uh, the title could be a clue. Uh, a pun or some joke that I thought was funny in my head, but will fall flat for most of you. So, but keep an eye out for the uh, or an ear out rather for the question title. 
For question one, the question title is Shh. So which rock band released a deeply haunting cover of a Simon and Garfunkel song in 2015? The original song came out in 1964. Okay, uh, Jeff and I are between uh, two songs and we're just trying to think what band in 2015 would actually cover uh, Simon and Garfunkel and we're just going to take a stab. Yeah, I think I, I may actually know this. Okay. Uh, I believe the song is Sound of Silence. I, I agree. Yeah, and I think it's. Uh, I, I'm. I would. I would eventually get to it unless you already know. But I know the lead singer has like a bald head. I think he has like either like a uh, nose he ring. Does. Or it seems a, like a he lip. has a, a bit of a sickness. He might be down I mean, with it. Yeah, um, yeah, you know it is. <laughs> pretty sure it's disturbed. So. Yeah, disturbed exactly. Yeah. And blueberry pies. What was your answer? Yeah, we also think this is uh, Sound of Silence, but. I don't. What did we come up with? For well, the... we just said just for the sheer fact that uh, he's getting uh, viral on the internet for his abs and pecs. We said it was the uh, Imagine Dragons. Uh, points to Key Party Largo on this one. It was indeed Disturbed uh, with a yeah very metal version of Sound of Silence. Uh, big fan of any metal covers of songs that really have no place being in the metal genre. Now, is the Disturbed yeah. uh, Pillsbury Doughboy when you hit his stomach, he goes wow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to question two. Yeah, question title is Would you like fries with that? Uh, Perisodactyla, which are horses, uh, Squamata, which are lizards, and Carnivora, which includes cats and dogs, are examples of what taxonomic rank that falls between class and family? All right, Nate, I think you have a good I idea. I think God uh, has it as well, but I, I just wrote memorization from whatever middle school kingdom filing <laughs> class order family genius species so i yeah. believe it's ordered yes it's uh welcome to good burger home of the good burger can i take your order so neil order. what did you think this was originally i forgot about order i was thinking good burger but then i, w I wasn't thinking <laughs> order and then i was like oh burger king kingdom fries with that <laughs> <laughs> but it wouldn't be burger king because mark would would do hungry jack so i i was completely but wrong anyway said, we said order I just wanted to know what his reasoning was. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I kind of wish I was smart enough to go down that deep, deep level of clues, but it wasn't quite so clever. The correct answer is definitely order. So points to everybody. Um, I think the order, the order that they come in are domain, Cordata. kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, and species. I think we can all agree that Hungry Jacks is a better name than Burger King, though. Absolutely. Way better. Would agree, yeah. yes. Yeah. Unrelated, but do they call Hungry Jacks anything else? Like we call it BK or Mickey D's or like is uh, it just Hungry Jacks? Sometimes if we're super lazy, it's HJ's. Um, HJ's. Yes. Uh, that's, <laughs> it's not yeah. really that clever. Not that great. Yeah. It doesn't translate so well in, into uh, the American vernacular. So That's yeah, a different right type of fast uh, food delivery. Yeah. <laughs> My 2 a.m. HJ. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, question that on Uber Eats. <laughs> uh, question three. The title for question three is "That Hurts." After potting a red ball in snooker, players then select which of the colors bo colored balls they are attempting to sink. Which snooker ball is worth five points when potted? I know nothing about snooker. Um, mm -hmm. I know a lot about snooky, but that yeah, has nothing to do with. Uh, guy. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Nate. So snooker is a billiards type game i believe it is, is yeah is it the one with the little like bumpers uh that i don't remember 
all I remember is I believe there's a lot of red balls and mm-hmm. maybe one green ball, but that could be totally wrong. So yeah. I, I do not go based on what I'm saying. <laughs> and I don't even know like their numbering system if it's just like one through nine, so we would have no yeah. ends here. Are I might they be thinking even of a numbered game. legit question. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually remember seeing maybe this is a totally different game that isn't snooker, but a bunch of balls that don't even have numbers on them. Okay. Or maybe I haven't seen them. Or I could have just been, you know, really drunk yeah. when I watched it. But I, I have no idea. Some, yeah. some, some drunk snooker watching at three in the morning. Your yeah. life's going great. Um I yeah. think I think you said one of the balls is potentially green. Um, That's a t- basically a guess. I mean, yeah. so go with them, yeah. Let's go with the the big green ball. Just for the record, if you have red balls, that means stop. If you have green balls, that means go to the hospital. <laughs> and if you have blue balls, that hurts, according to the category titles. That's what we're going to lock in. Oh, come on. Oh. Very good catch. Very pause. <laughs> it is, in fact, blue. Uh, so the order of the balls and the um, score. So red, uh, as you mentioned, Nate, there are quite a lot of red balls. And there's one of each of the other colors. So the red ball is worth one. Yellow worth two, green is three, brown is four, blue is five, pink is six, and black is seven. Love that clue. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, question four, the clue is, or the question title is, my man witch. In Greek mythology, Pan was the half-goat, half-human son of Dryope, and what other figure known as the messenger of the gods? We can lock in. I believe. <laughs> this Love is a it. Futurama reference. <laughs> Um, do you know, Nate? Uh, I don't. I, I could make a guess, but... I believe <laughs> the the Jamaican character on Futurama, Hermes, uh, at one point has a quote that says, my men, which... Um, so I'm pretty sure that this is Hermes. Oh, that's weird. We were thinking it was Conrad. No, we, we agree. We said uh, Hermes. Played by Paul Schaefer. Very good. Well done. Points to both teams. It was, in fact, Hermes. Uh, good, good get on the clue. <laughs> Uh, it's one of my favorite episodes of Futurama. Great episode. Moving on to question five, we have the title of Where I Get My Milk. So since 1997 and 1999, respectively, what cities are the two special administrative regions of China? And I'll give five points for each correct answer. We're locked in, Neil. Ooh. Okay. Uh, you're thinking of the administrative areas of China all I was thinking of was the scene in Billy Madison when he goes, hey, Sideburns, you want some of this milk? <laughs> well, when he started originally, I was like, no, 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 he's not Canadian because milk comes from bags. Um, so. Have um, all right, Nate. What do we yeah. know about this? I mean, I, I would my guess would be Shanghai and Beijing, but I, I don't really yeah. know. That would that would be my guess too. I, I honestly cannot name too many more cities in China. Those are the biggest yeah. that I know of. So let's go Beijing and Shanghai. Um we are going to go I know one of these was seated over on like January first, nineteen ninety nine or December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, which was Hong Kong. And mm. I think the other one is right across the way. Known much more for gambling in that one scene where Bond crosses the water in a boat, and we said Macau. Fantastic full points to the pies. It is, in fact, Hong Kong and Macau. So wow. the administrative regions are the the Chinese government look after most of their um, diplomatic, military, and other state affairs, but there are other things that they are a little bit more autonomous on. 
They uh, and do capitalism, basically. It's, it's bringing money in through that gambling, as you mentioned. Yeah. Mark is yeah. so clever, I just got the joke that, uh, where does my milk come from? Macau. Macau. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I did not even well. put two and two together. Jay well, Balsam uh, did some playtesting on this one. And Jay said I had to keep that in and make sure it was mentioned mm. if you guys didn't catch on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Delightful. Well, that brings us uh, to question six, which means it's time for a score recap. We have Key Party with 30 points, Blueberry Pie with 40 points, and uh, I'm playing by myself with uh, 30. But they're just imaginary points. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like ours, too. <laughs> Mine are even more imaginary. Next to your imaginary. <laughs> Let's get question six. Question six in the category of my goth phase. Politian was the only play written by what prolific author? The play was composed in 1835, but was never fully completed. All right, Jeff wrote down a name uh, that uh, evoked some very strong memories, and I had a, a very visible response in studio, but we're going to lock in and see what happens. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of at a loss here. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking uh, either probably Shanghai or Beijing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, right. I, I honestly, I have no, absolutely no clue. So um, based on the title of the question or the category of my goth, my goth phase I, in the time period, this oh, could right, be Poe. It could be Poe. Uh, he's very prolific. Um, and I don't remember too many plays written. So that could be. Yeah, that that makes total sense, and it's definitely um in the right time frame. Okay. So yeah, that's a great guess. We're going Poe. Magnificent and blueberry pause. Yeah, uh, we went with uh, the first name of Jeff's favorite Star Wars character. Uh, we went Poe. <laughs> well done, guys! Full points all around. It was indeed uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, it was uh, did not receive good reviews. And it, the failure essentially stopped him from writing any longer works and focused on most of these short stories. Wow. But it is, pre- it is and pretty... And what, what really stopped him from writing further works is alcoholism and possibly rabies. <laughs> 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 that certainly doesn't help. Yeah, my rabies phase doesn't really work well. <laughs> Excellent stuff, guys. So moving on to question seven in the category of push it. What common household ingredient do we get from the seeds of the Piper Nigrum berry? All right. We think we are uh, sniffing what Mark's putting out, or that sounds weird, but we're going to go with it. Uh, we're going to lock in. It's not that kind of key the, party. <laughs> the common household item of uh, Spinderella, I believe, is what I think we're looking <laughs> at. Uh, so the category is push it. I think that this is either salt or pepper um, based on that title. Which one comes from a berry? Yeah, you think this one's pepper? I, I would say pe- a pepper of the two, probably, right? If it's a berry. Yeah, so I think I think we can lock in with pepper. It's your cousin, Marvin Berry. Um, yeah, we went with uh, Peppa, but more specifically, pepper. Very good points all around, guys. Uh, indeed, peppercorns uh, and ground pepper come from the Piper Nigrum Berry. Uh, the black pepper is cooked and dried unripe fruit. Uh, green pepper is dried unripe fruit, and the white pepper comes from ripe fruit seeds. So all different types of pepper mm. come from the same mm. berry, which is quite, I thought was quite cool. That is cool. Uh, uh, question eight, the question title is Theralist. 
In Arrested Development, Tobias Fuki has a phobia that is closely related to gymnophobia. What is gymnophobia the fear of? Looking like an climbing rope. No, not quite. <laughs> uh, do you do you have any idea, Nate? Yeah, well, I mean, I know Tobias is a never nude, right? So his phobia is non vostantic nude. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Uh, exactly. I, was, uh, I assume it's it's being naked, right? Well, but it says clo close has a phobia that's closely related to. I mean, yeah, I th I, th I think it would be he. He has his like chain. Oh, he always is wearing his his jeans. I guess his, his jean jeans shorts. shorts. Cut off. Yeah, yeah maybe. I, I think I'm overthinking it, but yeah. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, let's go. We'll say fear of being nude, probably in public, but yeah, basic. Uh, I never think, being nude. I think the first fact that ever got me into trivia was finding out that um, gymnasium comes from uh, naked. Right, uh, like gymnosperms, they're uncovered seeds. Uh, so we think gymnophobia is the fear of uh, being naked or nude. Yeah, so it's a, a generic um, fear of nudity, but points all around for that one. It's, it's close right. enough. So it's not just yourself. It could be nudity in general. But yes, uh, that is correct. And all the flavor text about the never nude and wearing those sexy little cut-off denim shorts, uh, hmm. you already stole all of that. Jeff, you just learned me like three things in one fell swoop with your description. So I was going to say the same thing. And you're not afraid of that phobia uh, in our studio, Ken, because often you are <laughs> naked in here. Usually, in fact. <laughs> in question nine, uh, from he's not from Brisbane. In the ancient tale about Androcles, which animal was Androcles said to have treated with kindness, who then repays the kindness at the end of the story by not eating the guy? Do you, do you, are you familiar with the story? Uh, I am not. I'm not killing it here. <laughs> I believe this is where the um, the uh, mouse takes the uh, thorn from the lion's paw, and then the lion chooses not to eat the mouse. Um, so okay. I'm pretty sure that this is a lion, which is also the name of the Brisbane footy team. I believe they're lions. So that would be good. <laughs> Let's lock in with lions. I like it. Forget Matt. You're not as old as I am. I, I keep going back to the days of the Brisbane Bears, but um, and on the Fitzroy Lions. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I wore this this uh, Guernsey when I was in Australia playing. We we wore the Brisbane Lions jersey. The the, the, purp the purple and blue with the, the maroon gold. gold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we said lion as well. Fantastic. Well done, guys. I um my my missus even mentioned you should say Fitzroy Lions, but uh, I was like these guys <laughs> won't won't be won't know the history that far back. So. Uh, Surprising me once again with your footy knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and the final question in the round, rounding it out, uh, is in the category of you've got to be kidding me. Set to be inaugurated in August 2024, Nusantara with the name of which Asian country's new capital city? Okay, we can lock in. Oh, boy. Well, this is the first one that I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, nor do I here. So okay, so now let's, uh, let's look at Asian. Uh, which cu country's capital right now is Old Centara? Is that how that works? Yeah, that, that would help. <laughs> <out here>. yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know that either. Oh, um, I'm trying to think of a country that had you know has had administrative changes in the news or something mm -hmm. like that. But um, I mean, I guess I'm, you know, Tibet is constantly being overwatched by. China, but I don't think know why that would change. Right. Uh, 
I'm just throwing out random ideas. Um, um maybe maybe the Philippines, maybe uh Yeah. We got nothing, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. We got a whole bunch something. of nothing, so we're going with yeah. the Philippines. And the pause? Yeah, so this move is actually um ecologically motivated. Um they have, despite being on the water, uh, have a lot of issues with water and with all the digging um, between being on the coast with global warming and digging out a bunch of stuff, the city of Jakarta is sinking. So Indonesia needs a new capital. So they're moving it to Borneo. Well done, Jeff. Again, taking all the flavor text I had here, it's moving <laughs> out of the island of Java into Borneo. It is, in fact, uh, Indonesia. Well... I have the scores here. Uh, Blueberry Pie surging ahead with 90 points. Very strong uh, play by them. Uh, 70 points for Key Party and uh, 70 for, for your humble scorekeeper. Keeping score over there? Yeah, just keeping score. Playing by yourself, keeping score. But you know what happens when we keep score over here at Triviality? Uh, we keep score by uh, the amount of patrons that we have because they allow us to keep our show running smoothly and uh, upgrading when we need to and also just uh, a great ball of appreciation from us when we get to see a new patron join as we were recording tonight um we got an email uh on our account and we got some new patrons which is always nice to see in the middle of a recording so Kristen pelote thank you very much for joining patreon but uh, we have two in the studio today uh nate and mark and we really appreciate their support but jeff if someone wants to join patreon for even as little as one dollar a month uh, what's the first thing that they're going to be getting for that one dollar a month uh, you're going to get an automated thank you email from us. No, uh, <laughs> it's true. But uh, no, for just a dollar a month, you can get all of our episodes ad free. So that is seven usually or eight episodes a month uh, ad free. Um, and how about all the extra episodes? Yeah. Um, like, you know, we're talking about our, our Patreon exclusive bonus episodes. Right. Yeah, you can get all of those uh, dozens of hours, if you will, of content and for as drops. little as five dollars a month. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, uh, if you'd like to join Nate and Mark, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And while you don't have to be a patron to be on the show, being one uh, helps expedite that process. And we very much appreciate all the support from our patrons. Just our little way to say thank you. And now on to the swing round. Thank you very much, guys. So the swing round is in the category of sporting terms. So uh, these are all terms that uh, are referenced in different sports, different sports-specific terms. They will not be team names, although there are some uh, references there. Five points apiece for each of these. And the terms that we have are duck, turkey, mulligan, peloton, pancake catch, hog line, egg beater kick, sharon, five hole, and Falcon. All right, for each of these terms, you're going to be looking for a sport, and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. All right, we are back from our break, and we have some sports. Are they right? We don't know, but we'll find out. Let's, uh, why don't you take it away, Mark? Brilliant. So the first one was duck. What did you guys have over at Blueberry Pies? We, we had no idea. We just tried to pick a uh, sort of an obscure, not obscure sport, but just one that wasn't as popular, and we said darts. Yeah, uh, I believe this is a cricket term. Uh, I don't watch it myself, but I have a few friends who do, and uh, I feel like I've heard this term before. Good. Get there, Nate. Uh, it is a score of zero in cricket, um, and a, right. a golden duck is a score. probably guarantee us a wrong answer later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a score of zero on getting out on your first ball is a golden duck for future trivia reference. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, the second one was turkey. Yeah, we said bowling. I think this is three strikes in a row. Thank you, We Sports. Yeah, the beginning of this game making me very hungry, but we also agreed with bowling. Well done, guys. Yes, it would be called a hat-trick in any other sport, but bowling seems to want to use an odd term. Uh, number three was mulligan. Yeah, uh, I think this is when you uh, got to drop another one in golf. And we said the same thing, golf. Well done. Points all around for that one. Uh, number four, Peloton. This one, we just tried to use some reasoning. We know that the famous uh, stationary cycle company Peloton uh, is a bicycle. We thought maybe it's named after a cycling term. Yeah, we we tossed around a reoccurring credit card bill, but we think that it's probably cycling. So we said cycling. Well done, guys. Five points across the board. It is where the group of cyclists is uh, hanging out together in the velodrome as they go around. The peloton is that group. Um, number five was pancake catch. This is, I think, well, at least my favorite answer that we tried to come up with. We had no idea, and we thought maybe if you're playing, like, Frisbee or Ultimate Frisbee and you catch the Frisbee in between your hands, like, you make a pancake. So that's what we went with. <laughs> that is uh, a pretty good guess. Uh, we went with Matt here who thought this might be something from rugby. Well done, Neil. You've nailed it, even with the description. It is a pancake catch. Hit one hand on top and one hand below nice. on the Ultimate Frisbee. Uh, which was uh, I tried to keep a straight face when the Kid Party Lago team were talking about Frisbee for other options. Uh, and for every option. Every, <laughs> yes, we were like... Except for that one. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Moving on to number six, we have the hog line. Yeah, so for this one, we said rugby. Figured maybe it was lining up to get the pigskin or some such. Don't know if it's well-reasoned, but it's reasoned. Yeah, we figured that one of these two is going to be rugby, so we said rugby again, thinking it was like the line in a scrum, potentially. Uh, and this one, we would be um, more likely to get a right answer if the bone doctor was on. This was curling. Oh. <laughs> yes, there is a particular line on the uh, pitch, court, field, where the uh, the rock has to go over, and that is called the hog line. Uh, moving on to the next one is egg beater kick. Again, just thinking uh, without much brain here, um, we thought maybe in swimming, uh, if your legs are, 
you know, tapping very, very fast. It looks like you're beating eggs. Uh, that's what we went with, swimming. Uh, this Again, this one was on Matt. Uh, I believe that this was something from Australian, Australian Rules Football. Okay, I have a decision to make here. It is water polo or synchronized swimming. It is keeping yourself afloat and above uh, the water him, from the water. The but I think five points yeah, for, for, sure. for the blueberry pies on that one. So uh, lesson, just think dumb kind of works. <laughs> <laughs> well, with, the yeah. Apple, new Apple logo. <laughs> That's particularly useful when I'm the host. Think very dumb. <laughs> Question... Uh, uh, eight, I believe we're up to, was Sharon. This one, uh, Jeff and I knew right away, but Jeff, you can take it. Yeah, uh, plastered all over the footy itself. We figured this had to be a footy term. Oh, man. Uh, we didn't know. We thought it sounded somewhat British, and what's more British than rowing? We said rowing. Uh, Sharon is the ball that is used in an Aussie rules football match. It is made by a company called Sharon and has been for quite a number of years. Sure. What was that? Oh, was that Ozzy Osbourne? That was Ozzy. It was a very thought, bad Ozzy. I thought that was like an out of breath Frankie Valley singing Sherry for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Frankie Valley, the later years. <laughs> Sherry. Yeah. Brilliant. Number nine is Five Hole. Um, this one, we first thought it might be soccer because we were like, oh, I think that's the one that goes through the legs. But then, um, you know, we, we figured actually it's probably hockey. So we went with hockey. Yeah. We were thinking the same thing. Hockey could also maybe be lacrosse, any sport where you make the keeper, but, uh, yeah, hockey. Yeah. Hockey was the right answer. Um, it is used in quite a number of other sports, but when you do a Google search for five hole, hockey is the one that pops up first. Uh, but certainly, yes, I think it. It is um, relevant in a lot of other goal-related sports. And finally, we had Falcon. Yep. Uh, as predicted before, uh, we think we're wrong on this one because we uh, we knew there was a bird cricket thing. Apparently, it's duck, but we said this was cricket. Yeah. Uh, we had literally no idea, and we were just trying to think of a sport that we hadn't uh, mentioned yet. This better not be rugby, uh, but we said handball. I hate to do it to you, Matt, but... There was a player. Oh, <laughs> there was a player in the eighties uh, called the nicknamed the Maltese Falcon, and he got hit in the head with the ball a number of times. So the the term <laughs> Falcon for getting hit in the head with the ball came initially oh, from rugby man. rugby league specifically. But yes, it's it's used in quite a lot of Aussie sports, and I've heard it in other sports as well. Getting hit in the head with the ball. That concludes the swing round. But before we move on to the second round, we got some score scorekeeping to uh, catch up on. Blueberry pies uh, raised their score to one twenty-five. Key party raised theirs to ninety-five. But uh, commanding lead from blueberry pies, and I quit because I didn't want to do the sports round. What's the <laughs> second uh, round? What do you have? All right, question one in round two. Uh, title is ABCs. Skipper was a doll launched by Mattel in 1964 as Barbie's kid sister. Ten years later, Growing Up Skipper was released. Apart from growing an inch taller, what else happened when you turned Skipper's left arm? Hair sprouted in surprising places. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Uh, right? Well. I think it did. No. No yeah. way. No. Wait, you mean, okay. There's, there's no way that that happened. Well, this is 1964, so you think in 60... or 1974? Oh, 74. You think so it's anything's well, possible? I guess anything's possible. 
They're Dear all God, it's me, Skipper. <laughs> it's like Skipper. I um, I didn't see you all summer vacation. You Skipper, look so different. I hardly know her. <laughs> uh, all right, so you guys are locked in. I, I Jeff's mind is on one thing, and I'm not going to take it off of him. No, so take I it off, literally so. think this was a thing. Okay, this is like the Hermione sketch. Is that what we're getting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll lock it. What do you You're guys have? Body in secret all summer. Yeah. Is any of this useful? Is she wearing a sweater? What is this? Um, yeah. This is all getting cut, right? No, no, I mean, no. no. It's part of the answer. <laughs> Some of this Keep is it. really good. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> And by the way, on an episode I just edited, there, there's a moment where Matt says, oh, this is all getting cut, but it's all in. Just <laughs> oh, want to no. let you know. Uh, always watch what you're saying. Um, like, so thinking about the like, clue or the category was ABC, I have no idea what that could be in reference to. Um, well, I was thinking ABCs as in uh, bra sizes. Mm. So if they're going to go something with that, yeah, we. I guess, and, and pretty, it could uh, enhance the. Yeah, uh, we'll chest. say a a chest enhancement. Yeah, we uh, we thought secondary sex characteristics also appeared. <laughs> yeah, Jeff just wrote down favorite toy of Beverly Hills. Doctor Nine Hundred Two and O. Doctor Nine Hundred Two and O. So, this was every episode of Nip Tuck. <laughs> So, despite all of the joking, you are both correct. Her breasts grew as well wow. as getting an inch taller. What a so weird you, toy. You could get away with a lot in the 70s. Uh, but <laughs> luckily for her, if you turn the arm backwards, the effects of puberty were uh, removed. Mm. If only all of us could do that. Yeah, oh. seriously. Can <laughs> yeah. I have my voice Wouldn't back? Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Question two in the category of shaken, not stirred. Uh, who was Agent 17F, not 007, when he worked for British Naval Intelligence during World War II? Oh, uh, we can lock in. Thanks to Operation Mincemeat. Oh, wow. okay. Um, wait, that sounds familiar, but not enough to... Not not too familiar. <laughs> Neil yeah. giving away the answers? That also sounds familiar. Neil, too, like, slipped <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> wait, was Operation Mincemeat the one where they... They uh, put a dead body in the water and drifted it towards Italy so that they could have, like, discover fake. Um, um, anyway, could it be Ian Fleming? Oh, the it author, could be. Uh, right? I think, I think that, would, that would make sense. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, Ian Fleming was in the British Naval intelligence yeah. so let's lock in with that and neil can uh, tell us about the netflix show or whatever he learned this from uh yeah so operation mincemeat uh, nate was correct it's when the uh british uh secret service naval services uh put a dead body with uh you know uh, clues and whatnot for the nazis to to find uh, anyway um it was ian fleming yeah he was in the british naval intelligence fantastic points all around it was in ian fleming uh, there were only 12 Bond novels, which I guess is quite a lot, but then when you look at the number of movies, uh, it seems small in comparison. I hear they're insane, too. I used to read them in high school, but I don't remember one word from any of them. The important thing in the difference between the books and the films is that Bond drives an Aston in the films and a Bentley in the books. That's mm -hmm. all you really need to consider. He's also celibate in the books, surprisingly. 
No, that's not true. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Right? He's a he's a triple zero, not a double seven. Neil, he couldn't keep it in the pages. <laughs> but Operation Mincemeat is a movie, Matt. You're correct on Netflix if you want to learn about it. <laughs> yeah, that does sound very cool. I don't know if it it did actually work, right? It did work. Yeah. Yeah, but there's yeah. a lot of extra stuff that that went on behind the scenes, like espionage and trickery and all that kind of good stuff. So, right, right. And on to question three in the category of Tarantino approved. The Babinski reflex is used predominantly to test the nervous system in newborn infants. Which part of the body does it relate to? Okay, more well, locked in. Yeah. If, sorry, if, sorry, Neil, well, we, Neil is a big Tarantino fan, I believe. Yeah. Neil and I actually so. greet each other by testing this reflex. Oh, please, no. With your tongues. Oh, my God. And everyone knows about uh, Tarantino's foot fetish. So, um, yeah. And also, it is, it's, it's, I think it's rolling from the back of the foot to the front to see if it reflexes yeah. right, right after they're born. Right. So, much like Shredder, we're going with the foot. <laughs> yeah, Mark would have recently uh, probably experienced this with his twins right this is the bottom of the foot yeah and uh, quentin tarantino probably went wild at the opening of the uh aforementioned barbie trailer um when barbie steps out of her heels so yeah we'll say feet yeah points all around well done guys and the the play testers said that while the the category was uh made it very easy it was too good not to uh keep in but yes, the real the... the real question is uh what happens when you turn skipper's foot not <laughs> we'll find out we'll yeah we'll talk off air about that <laughs> yeah we'll go on eBay but yes I hope uh for your sake guys when you are testing each other's Babinski reflex with your tongues it doesn't actually work um if it is is exists in a person after two years old it can show a sign of a muscular defects now Ken I don't know if you remember there was a spin-off of the <laughs> sorry it's so stupid. There was a spinoff <laughs> of the uh, Michael Douglas, Alan Arkin series on an adult channel. <laughs> the Babinski method. <laughs> the Babinski method. <laughs> That's so stupid. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks, <laughs> oh, And right. if you love triviality and feet, go to our <laughs> public store where we have a written and directed by a Triviality Podcast shirt with a big old foot on it. What's the name of that site people sell pictures of their feet on? OnlyFans? OnlyFans? No, no, there's like a, sp- a specific feet one. Uh, only feet. Only is it? Maybe only it's only feet. I don't know. Anyway, we should sell stuff on there, but not our own feet. <laughs> All right. Moving into question four in the title of "Not in Kansas anymore." An anemometer is a weather device used for measuring what? We can lock in. Hmm. All right. So my first thought, not in Kansas anymore. Uh, yeah. You know, Wizard of Oz, tornado. Uh, Helen Hunt. And also. I'm Twister. reminded of Twister, where they release all those little things that yeah. terrified my child. It's my first thought. I don't know. I, I'm 100% in on a Twister or a tornado. Yeah. And uh, Blueberry Paws? Yeah, we want a little bit more generic. You could probably use it for that, but we just said uh, wind speed. Yes, the correct answer is wind speed. Um, I certainly could be used for you know, hurricanes and and tornadoes and whatnot, but uh, animos uh, is the Greek for wind, uh, which is where the term mm. comes from. We are the, is, is the judge giving uh, key party points for that? I think because the other guys were spot on, I'm going to be be a little bit nasty on that one. 
Um, in question five, so this one is uh, semi-related listener-submitted trivia. My um, my stepson, 10-year-old stepson, is a massive uh, Planes fan, so this comes from him, um, inspired by him. Uh, the question category is only you hold the key. Uh, developed the U.S. Army Air Corps for World War II, which aircraft manufacturer created the P-38 Lightning? And um, I feel uh, pretty good about this one. We're going to go ahead and lock in. And key party logo. All right. Jeff feels pretty good about it. I don't feel pretty good about it. How do you feel? Uh, so I don't know anything about planes, um, but uh, I my, my first, so American. So my first thought is Boeing or Lockheed mm-hmm. Martin. One of those two. Well, uh, the good thing about Lockheed is that it holds oh, the key. I was just going to um, say, when you said that, and I think that, that that could be the pun, but yeah. So I think I think we can lock in with Lockheed Martin and Blueberry Pies. What did you lock in with? Yeah, P thirty eight was one of my favorite planes growing up because uh, of a little video game called nineteen forty one. Oh, great game! <laughs> and uh, that's a P thirty eight in there. Um, pretty sure that this is Lockheed before they uh, merged with Martin, Steve Martin. Indeed, yeah. Steve Martin um, actually has Purchased a controlling that, yeah. interest of Lockheed Martin. So, mm-hmm. That was Chris Martin from Coldplay. <laughs> so I was a little bit hard on Key Party Lago last question, so I'll go easy on them this round. It was indeed Lockheed before they were Lockheed Martin, but I will pay both answers. Ten All right. I, I would say so because that's that's the company that they were before, so. Yeah, you know. yeah, so they were Lockheed Martin in 1995. Plus for losing. They were Lockheed before you pulled their arm and then they became Lockheed Martin. <laughs> okay, after five questions in the second round, Blueberry Pie is up to 175. Key Party is at 135. Fading into the horizon. Uh, question six in round two is 2020 Vision. Which astronomer is generally credited with providing evidence that the universe is expanding, doing so in 1929? Oh, I could see. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's not, definitely not Justin Timberlake with his 2020 experience. Oh, God. Here we go again. Um, yeah, let's go with your answer. Okay. We're going to lock in. It's my first gut instinct. Don't know if it's right, but we're going to lock it in. All right. So just to be clear, this is uh, evidence that the universe ex- is expanding at mm-hmm. an increase rate rather than a decreasing rate like de- uh debunking the idea of like the big crunch yeah i believe so right okay I, can you uh yeah so 1929 though i thought that was like discovered in the last like 15 to 20 years that the mm-hmm. idea of like dark matter that's pushing the universe apart rather than um yeah it's so collapsing I think upon itself <laughs> right right thought. I, 1929 would be too early for like Hawking, right? It, mm-hmm. it could be perfect for someone like Einstein, although I'm not sure that it would be him. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't really consider but, him as much as an astronomer as a sure scientist. Yeah. In I call it Hawking um, expansion. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Um. I guess I, I mean reference. like. Sorry. Yeah. R- Richard Feynman would would be another like famous, I guess scientist slash physicist but that might be too early for him too is this um the uh telescope guy hubble or oh hubble hubble uh that is a great guess 
Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Because it would be something that would be, yeah, it would be something that would be seen with uh, something to do with like, you know, red blue shifts or the idea that some uh, galaxies are going away at faster rates rather than slower rates. Yeah. So you need I'm just pretty... trying to remember, I remember learning about this, but I thought it was way later than 1929, but yeah, yeah. that's a great guess. Maybe like the, part the man, scientific part proof telescope. It, but... He's Hubble. <laughs> it's Hubble. Barney yeah. Hubble. That's we, what we're yeah, we'll go with the Hubble. Uh, I believe it was Edwin. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's we, Barney Hubble. We also said <laughs> Hubble, and I just looked it up. Apparently, uh, sixty-seven kilometers per second per megaparsec is the uh, is the expansion rate out in the nether regions of space. Ken. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously that because that means a lot. We to knew you that, right obviously. <laughs> Brilliant. So uh, that is interesting. Yeah, the answer is someone who's got an asteroid, a crater on the moon, and an orbiting space telescope named after them. It is Edwin Hubble. Fantastic. Moving on to question seven in round two, uh, in never a dull moment. What war was fought between 1899 and 1902, with the British Empire taking on the South African Republic and the Orange Free State? Okay, uh, we're not sure if we're right on this one, but I think that there's a movie that might possibly depict it, so we're going to lock in. Yeah, I haven't seen whatever movie this is that he's referring to. Um, I don't think it's District 9. I think that's a little later. Um, <laughs> You're in the right area, th- though. So I, I was thinking it might be that really terrible, uh, I want to say Matt Damon movie, where <laughs> he the plays rugby like one? a rugby player, but he, that has nothing to do with a war, right? I don't so, think so. Not. Um, yeah, I... I I literally have no idea that whatever war this is, I'm going to, I'm pretty sure I'm going to say I have never heard of that. Um, so let's just say the orange war. I mean, that sounds hundred uh, percent right. Yeah. yeah. Battle of the oranges, orange, orange battle. I don't know. Neil, that's what we got. Orange I think war. we're way off. Uh, but I, we just said Zulu. Okay. So this is probably the hardest question uh, I have. This is the uh, Boer war. Well, also mm. accepted the Second Boer War or the Anglo Boer War. Um, no way. It is a uh, it is pretty deep connection to Australia's history, as it's the first war where we fought under our own flag as the Commonwealth, as opposed to under the British flag. Uh, so it's quite uh, ingrained in our history. We were kind of close. Zulu, Zulu was from eighteen seventy nine, so we we're kind of in the right. Oh, okay, we're only twenty years off. That's yeah. pretty close cosmologically and you named a real war unlike us no funnily enough the war of the oranges was a brief conflict in 1801 in which spanish forces instigated by the government of france and ultimately supported by the french military invaded portugal oh yeah. that's what i was thinking about. Yeah. yeah listen <laughs> man if there's a commodity people have fought over it. oh <laughs> for sure that's fair. i actually thought when you first said that i thought it was something there was something in the netherlands so i did a, yeah i googled mm. it and no that it. was the pineapple conflict fantastic moving on to question eight in round two and this has nothing to do with tennis produced in the adrenal gland which hormone is known as the stress hormone so I don't think it's adrenaline. Which... No. What is the? It doesn't have anything to do with tennis. So so balls, racket, uh, fault, McEnroe, obviously, fault, line, judge, Serena, Clay, Tonin, grass, just Nadal, you could say, or or serenal, serenal <laughs> hormone. I don't know. Yeah, I think I know this one, Matt. Uh, and I think Neil, Jeff, you guys will. 
no, this is the second I say. I think it's cortisol. Tennis is played on a tennis is played on a court. It is cortisol. What did you guys say? Nothing uh, good, obviously. Yeah, we we don't want to embarrass ourselves further by serenal serenal hormone. Right, moving into question nine uh, in the category of I was made for loving you. Osculation is a term used in geometry that describes the place where two curves or surfaces come into contact. The word is also used for what human activity? Hmm, they're locked in. Now, I took geometry at some point in time. Um, human activity. Um, loving you. It's possible that this is kiss um because it's where the two curves meet yeah and they yeah would, where they kiss yeah and that would be that, the point i uh that sounds good to me so we can lock in with kiss jeff i know you came up with it using your brain but now that i hear the category again it's i was made for loving you baby Kiss. Oh, I didn't oh, realize it was by the it's artist. The kiss. Oh, wow. Okay. That's funny. Um, yeah, Neil said he knows everything about kissing cousins. And uh, so we said kissing. Don't shame me going on Geometry Hub. <laughs> <laughs> well done, guys. You did get the, uh, the clue. Uh, I was made for loving you. It is kissing. Uh, and the term comes from the Latin root of osculate, which means to kiss. Hmm. We have a fan that osculates. <laughs> <laughs> How much do did you have to pay for that? Do not kiss your fan, Matt. <laughs> I would say, Matt, you might want to back away from the fan just a little bit. You might be doing it wrong. Beautiful. And the final question in the round uh, in category needs an umbrella. Who was singing in the rain in 1952? We can like it. All right. So singing in the rain is, uh, I believe, Debbie Reynolds, but mm-hmm. she is not the one singing in the rain because the one singing in the rain is the guy and (laughs) (laughs) the famous guy who is singing in the rain the man who is singing in the rain um not fred astaire i think that the two guys in the movie are and this could be totally wrong but i think it's fred astaire and someone else and i think it's the other guy the other guy is the one who's singing yeah and and fred astaire could also not be in the movie i I have no (laughs) idea i remember watching this movie on uh turner classic with my grandmother over and over again so i feel bad not knowing it but yeah i i mean fred astaire would be my best guess although i'm almost positive it's wrong he's just a, he's just a dancing man um yeah, well, and we had debbie reynolds but we don't have it we don't have the actors in the movie. yeah she could be um, wrong too i could be totally wrong yeah um well, I don't think we're going to get it then, so let's just lock in with, with the uh, the Fred Astaire. Uh, yeah, this would have been uh, Fred Astaire. I guess if it was Tiger Beat, he would have been on the other magazine. Uh, we said Eugene Curran Kelly. Very good work. It was indeed Gene Kelly. And you did have the right movie, Nate. It is the Debbie Reynolds movie. Uh, the Gene Kelly and Stanley Donan, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Neil, correct me if I'm wrong, were the two yeah, guys right. in that movie. Mm-hmm. At the end of the second round, looks like both teams added 30 points to their scores, bringing Blueberry Pie to 205 and Key Party to 165. Enough to go all in on the final. But what are those categories? So we have an all Aussie final. 
Uh, the categories are fierce animals, finally some good food, fruit salad, moving house, and crikey. Our wages are now locked in, and both teams are just going for it. 30s all the way down, so let's see what the questions are. Uh, question one. Which Australian golfer who spent 331 total weeks as world number one in the 80s and 90s was commonly known as the Great White Shark? Question two. What lunchbox staple was given to men at work in their 1981 hit song? Question three. Both the red, Anthony, and blue, Jeff, Wiggles, originally performed in which Australian pop band before creating the much more popular kids group? It seems Anthony and Jeff could survive almost anything. Question four. Which explorer's cottage in Yorkshire, England, was deconstructed and recreated brick by brick in Melbourne, Australia, in 1934? And rounding out the final... What is the first name of Steve, the crocodile hunter, Irwin's dancing daughter, who was born in 1998 and is now a popular conservationist in her own right? Our players will think about those answers and we'll be right back. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. We're back with our answers. Um, let's have the questions one more time and see who will be the cream of the crop today. Again, both teams wagered 30 on all questions. All right. Question one in Fierce Animals. Which Australian golfer who spent 331 weeks total as world number one in the 80s and 90s was commonly known as the Great White Shark? This one uh, we knew just because when I was kind of into golf for a little while, I thought that uh, his logo was really cool because of all the sharks, and I had a few things from his his line, his fashion line. Uh, so we locked in with Greg Norman. We did as well. Live President Greg Norman. 
Yeah. Noted choke artist. <laughs> well done. Yes. Uh, points all around. It was, in fact, Greg Norman, one of our best golfers that we've ever had. Uh, in question two, in finally some good effing food, what lunchbox staple was given to men at work in their 1981 hit song? Yeah, we believe this is a Vegemite sandwich. So that's what we said, Vegemite we sandwich. Also, Ken's favorite. We also said sandwich. Yes, again, points all around. Uh, it was a Vegemite sandwich. You guys Just do want to speak point out my that language. If, if you support us on Patreon, you can watch a video of several of us mm-hmm. eating Vegemite. Because um, that's the thing we did, and uh, yes. we put it up on Patreon. Technically, Marmite. <laughs> yeah, it was technically Marmite. Yeah. Oh, apologies, apologies. Yes, and uh, it, it should be used sparsely, not quite so layered on as uh, as you might. <laughs> uh, question three in fruit salad: Both the Red and Blue Wiggles originally performed in which Australian pop band? Yep. Um, seems to fit the clue here um we're guessing cockroach the cockroaches yeah they would survive almost anything we said the cockroaches fantastic another another perfect round it was the cockroaches question four in moving house which explorer's cottage in yorkshire england was deconstructed and recreated brick by brick in melbourne australia in 1934 I divulged to uh, laughs in the studio here, but uh, Colleen's family is descended from this explorer. That's why I knew it. Uh, we put Captain Cook. Oh, uh, we also went with Jimmy Cook. Indeed, it was Jimmy Cook, who, uh, who was the first. <laughs> first... As his friends called him. <laughs> Oi, Jimmy. Hey, bro. He, he was James until he got to Australia, and then he was Jimmy yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy. Oh, like you said, Ken, yeah. He was, he was Jimmy Cook. My grandpa's Jimmy Hook. The final question in the final round in Crikey. What was the first name of Steve the Crocodile Hunter's daughter? Yep, pretty sure that um, that's Bindi Irwin. We too said Bindi. Fantastic. Well done, guys. That was a perfect final round. So closing this game with huge scores, uh, perfect final rounds for everybody, bringing a key party to a whopping 315. Normally that's enough, but it's not today because blueberry pies racked up 355, making them today's cream of the crop. I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't for all those great puns and clues, I don't think our score would have been that high, but... We are honored uh, to hold the mantle of cream of the crop, but it was a, a valiant effort from our other uh, competitors over at uh, the Key Largo team. Yeah, you guys fought valiantly. I mean, you got, I mean, like you said, 315 wins any other game uh, that we play. But uh, let's start with Mark. Those were awesome questions. The flavor text was amazing. A little bit of an Australian flair in there, obviously. But um, uh, thank you for not only representing all of our Australian listeners uh, who we love dearly, but uh, just for, for being a patron and, and uh, hanging out with us today. Any uh, parting words before we let you go today. Uh, no, thank you guys. I'll uh, have to uh, make it a little bit harder next time if I get another crack at it. But that was great fun putting it together and working with the uh, play testers. That was awesome. Uh, great feedback from Jay from Liquid Courage, uh, Grand Play Tester Louis, uh, Bettina Machael, Damon Ryan, and Matt Kirk. They were all very instrumental in getting that a little bit more, a few more clues and a bit more um, personality to some of those uh, questions. So I really 
value of their input. Yeah, we love our play testers and their smart cookies too. Yeah, yeah, we always love uh, the fact that they're there to help. Uh, and if you're having a game that you're hosting in the near future, let us know if you need to get in touch with them or if you need to, uh, you know, if you know some of them as well, they'll help you out and uh, we appreciate it. Nate, uh, we know that we have held you hostage here uh, for the last week, uh, but we appreciate uh, you being okay with it and, and the, the food and rations that we gave you were enough, but anything you'd like to say before we let you go today? Yeah, no, I did lose 16 pounds. Uh, I'm excited to go home and see my family. Uh, but no, <laughs> just, uh, no, just shout out to you guys. Uh, Mark, uh, it was an awesome game, despite you know the high scores. I think it was a great game. And uh, just shout out to you guys. Love the, love the podcast, love the um, Triviality crew, and it's always a fun time. Yeah, and if anybody else out there is looking to lose weight, our diet plan is just one thing we offer. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, Ken, um, one thing we like to say at the end of every episode is a big thank you to our network. Our new network is Airwave Media, uh, where you can find uh, many other podcasts uh, in a similar vein to ours, history, trivia, um, all that good stuff over at airwavemedia.com. And Ken, uh, what are a few shows that people should check out? Indeed. Uh, one type of podcast I love are uh, sleep story podcasts. And there's one right here, Sleep Tight Stories. Um, we've got, of course, The Underworld. And who did what now? All right. Well, thank you very much to airwavemedia.com. Thank you to Nate and Mark for joining us today. I thank you to all of our patrons and for Matt, Jeff, and Ken. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Triviality.